and welcome into the Empire Dynasty League podcast. I'm your host on the road, Ben, on the 4th of October. We're straight away from a Monday night, but I am joined by Keeney. How are you, mate? I'm going very well. Where are you at the moment, man? I know you're travelling uh, feverishly around the country. Where have you uh, Where have you landed at the minute? Oh, we're on a three-day trek to Warrnambool right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's going great guns this trip. We decided to start slow and going very slow. And that's what bringing three animals with you in one camper van will do. Um, it's all good, though. We've uh, recalibrated our trip and... We'll, uh, we'll slowly make our way through South Australia over the next few weeks, but... Uh... You sure will, mate. And I tell you, I love your commitment to the podcast, to, to pack up the stuff. The podcast material has come with you, which is always a good sign. But uh, talking about commitment, there's there's one person on this podcast that's showing less than uh, less than your commitment, that's for sure. And that's our, our main man, Hod. Dr. Hoddick, ironically, has a little bit of a viral infection, he reckons. Sounds a bit like Dickie Mercer, but he's uh, he's had to he's had to pull out tonight, ironically <laughs> as well. Uh, so we'll be missing Hod tonight, but that's all right. We we may have a, a little special special guest, maybe. Well, let's not tease it too much, shall mm. we? But uh, without Hod, can we can we still technically get away with uh, playing this? I don't think we need. An excuse not to play it, though, do we, mate? No, we don't. Very rare. Be, uh, well, it might not be so rare. Um, and again, I don't want to tease too far ahead to the power rankings, but it could be a, a real common theme this year, and the, the listeners will enjoy the smooth tones of Cool and the Gang. Hopefully, hopefully. And I'm sure that other than the three of us, everyone is thrilled to hear that song every time the three of us win. So <laughs> I... Uh, the only way to stop hearing that is just to beat us in any given week. Um, so good luck to anyone to stop that. But let's let's cross to, I think, a special segment. Like it's it's taken the NFL world by storm at the moment, and that's that's this Taylor Swift person. Um, she's getting a bit of buzz. I don't know if you've heard of her, Keeney, but uh, we're going to bring on the pod our resident Swifty, uh, my wife Amelia. But in her own segment called uh, Swifty's Corner, is that what we're calling it? Swifty. Yeah. T- yeah. What okay. is it? T Swiss. T Swiss Corner. T Swiss Corner. All right. And uh, everyone, and, and this I suppose is going to appeal to we've we've highlighted that we've added slowly new listeners each week by people getting engaged. So this is going to appeal to our new listeners, the uh, T Swiss Corner. So now we're crossing now. Oh, I fucked up. <laughs> I supposed to start here. There we go. How good is trying to do a live <laughs> song? <laughs> well, Amazing. Amelia, I'm sorry, but uh, we've we've gone off to an absolute flyer with T-Swiss Corner. Welcome to the pod, everyone. My wife, Amelia, how are you doing? Good. How are you, boys? Fantastic. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Finally, some knowledge on the podcast. Is this the first female voice we've had on the podcast? Is this a... I'm a renegade. Yeah, just going against the trend there. Um, Bit different from Hod's uh, viral infection voice right now, which is very (laughs) deep and I'd imagine very slow and baritone. So welcome to the pod. How uh, how are you feeling with all of this buzz about uh, T-Swift at the moment? 
It's great. I think it's the merging of two worlds together. It's great for the wags of the pod to get invested in it. Um, I'm a long-time semi-occasional listener of the pod and a huge fan, of course. Love it. think it's great. Love the banter. Love the gags. You guys are great. Although, if I may, I do have just one small slight bit of feedback if you're open to some constructive criticism. Go. (laughs) I just, I do, I love, love it all. Great banter, great content. I just feel that sometimes it's a little too heavy on the sports side. So too much stats, too much talking about the games. Get back to what the listeners really came for. And what's that? The Swifty chat. Okay. All I heard from that was um, that you've had a long time semi. Was that? <laughs> is that what you were? I think so. <laughs> so. I was, oh, well, that was going to be my first question is how regularly does your lovely wife tune into the pod? But she answered that. I, are you referring more to talking about how shit the DFF is, Amelia? Is that, <laughs> is that what you're referring to? Perhaps. I'll tell you what. I think that my um, – I'm – I listen to the pod all the time. I just don't quite often make it all the way through. But, mm, okay. You know? that's... Retention of listeners. Maybe that's what we've got to work on, mate. But uh, I guess this is Swifty Corner, so give us your thoughts on uh, this Travis Kelsey fellow that you're, uh, that you're getting to know. I think it's great that um, he's started to get some attention from Taylor Swift because I think that this is going to be his big moment. I think he's got to start to finally get some recognition. I think you guys probably know him from his reality TV show debut, Catching Kelsey, back in 2016, <laughs> but he's been relatively unknown since then. You probably don't know, but he, he has actually won two Super Bowls before, oh. and so I think he, he might be pretty good at this game, um, and I feel what? like... Now yeah. people are really starting to like know his name. They're starting to talk about him, and he's starting to get some recognition. What position does he play? Um, quarterback. <laughs> he's is he? No, not quite. But that's Probably good. Something. Uh, oh no, I know what he is. What? He's a tight end. Ah, very. Because <laughs> it's a funny sounding name. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest position in world sport. Well, there you go, everyone. Uh, T Swizz. Fan herself just uh, has established that Taylor Swift's put Kelsey on the map. Keeney, did you have any last questions? Yeah, I like it. I think you've I think you've teed her up there a little bit, but I've got I've got a couple of questions just to to round out T's corner. We probably didn't want to spend thirty minutes on it, but it's been a great <laughs> addition. There's no doubt about that. I just wanted to ask Amelia who have who have Taylor's ex boyfriends. You know, she's got a few. Clearly, she's got many an ex boyfriend. Who reminds you the most of the DFF? <laughs> um, Which one's the biggest loser? <laughs> Are we going to say Jake? Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. And there was a 10-minute thing... song written about him. So... Would anyone write a 10-minute song for the DFF? Yeah, it's a good call. Go I don't think DFF. so. And not even Mike Brady, <laughs> when we paid him, could write him a 10-minute song. <laughs> Mike Brady's... That's that's where the similarities start, though. The, the, Mike's written a song about the DFF that's too, true. but that's uh, that's outstanding. I like um, it. Uh, you've been a bloody fantastic addition. I, I'm like I'm I'm good with hearing some more from Amelia in the uh, in the coming weeks on this podcast, Ben. If Get if you think the, the listeners want it, well, yeah, you might be on the semi reg um, mm. because you're always going to be within half a meter from me <laughs> for the next eight weeks. Hey. 
Hey, Amelia, this is a very niche gag, but will you be on the Themi reg? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> there you go. Maybe Krista might be the only other person that gets that joke um, out of anyone that could listen to this podcast. Let's move on. Thanks for coming on the pod, by the way. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Let's move on to some league news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. And uh, have you recovered from that new segment, King? How do you follow? How do you follow that? I, like, don't, how I was, don't know. How good was that for a debut? Like, if I mean, you it started, and- it started from the drop. Uh, that went off without a hitch. <laughs> but if you go back and listen to ep one of this podcast, I don't think we're as composed and insightful as as that for a debut effort. That That's was true. outstanding. That's the first podcast that Amelia's ever been on. So. Well done. This will get. The, the, she'll oh, definitely mate. be listening back to this one. Her phone's blowing up already. Um, let's. There's been a few trades, hasn't there? So we'll start with your Ooh. one uh, between yourself and Jake. It saw you bring in Tony Pollard, Taekwon Thornton, and a fourth. Jake gets a 26 first, 24 second, and 23 third. Just screams to me like he's uh, blowing it up a little bit. Just doing, continuing on that mini rebuild that he talks about. Yeah, I mean, we. I think we touched on it last week that. Jake was in a bit of a interesting position. Does he does he go a little bit more in this year, or does he start to wind it back a bit? I think we've got an answer here with a few of the trades he's done this week. I think he's done three in total. Yeah, um, clearly, clearly Pollard uh, for me was um, you know a good. I was open to moving a first to get him. Um, I just he hasn't scored that well this year, and it's sort of he's an interesting one because it's the first time he's really been in that number one running back role, and there's a few doubters in terms of whether he can actually maintain that workload. But for me, it was more about how they're using him. Yeah, and he's just getting a lot of really good looks around the goal line, so I'm not too worried about that. I think the touchdowns will come eventually. Yeah, his game has never been a volume back. I think wasn't last year the first time he'd had more than 19 carries ever in a game, and that was through college. So. You're right, they're going to be a good team and their offense is going to move the ball and score a fair bit. So the fact that they're using him as sort of their number one or number two option in the red zone plays is always going to be a handy person to have. Uh, and yeah. wh- who's 26? Was it your first? Yeah, it was my first, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you would obviously, like anyone who trades away first, hoping that it's a later first, but um, yeah. It's good for Jake to be spreading out those assets and knowing him, he'll probably package that up before 2026 rookie draft rolls around, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And just looking at his um, at his draft picks at the moment, he has got a bunch of picks. Um, he's got mm. or he's got six firsts and four seconds So in the next three years. So he's as good as anyone in this league at assessing where he's at, I reckon, and... Um, maybe taking one step back to take two steps forward. So expect him maybe to not be a huge factor this year. I've said that before, though, but expect him to be right there again next year. Well, let's continue because he's gone on and traded with Camo, uh, which saw Camo getting Najee Harris and three fourth-rounders. Just, you know, we call that a Najee and a Jim special. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, is Jim, is Jim uh, in a three-way here? <laughs> and that saw... Uh, Jake getting Jacoby Myers, 26 second and a 24 third. So just packaging up a young receiver and some draft mm. picks there for Najee, who it, was a relatively high pick. Um, he clearly got 
some would say maybe the best years out of Najee because it's yeah. it's the argument right now is that Jalen Warren's a chance to be taken more touches away from him and he just looks he looks a bit slow, Najee. Yeah. No, yeah, sort of agree with that. Um his his sort of metrics have been okay, um, but yeah, he doesn't look like he has much burst. And I think that offensive line and the offense in general in Pittsburgh's been really poor this year. The other thing that Jake does really well is he sees what what he does really well. I reckon is he gets out of his running backs. Um, having myself holding a few running backs, and you, you Ben would understand this as well. They're great to have for contenders. They're hard to sell, even though they're really important positions and really important players. They're actually really hard to sell. So Jake does a good job of not waiting that extra year, getting off Pollard a year early, maybe, and getting off Harris maybe a year early. Um, and he's happy to do that to take pretty fair value, I reckon. So um, that's what he's doing here. Well, I think, yeah, and I think you're right in those top-end running backs. When you're contending, the best you can get is fair value, and that is if you sell them early. Um, if you don't sell them early, you have to concede for selling at a loss, and there just aren't enough buyers in the league, to be honest. There's probably, no. as we'll find out in the power rankings, about four people that – four, maybe five teams that might be interested. Um which doesn't leave yeah. you with a lot of leverage. No, and ultimately you're selling to contenders. You can't really sell it to – if you're a contender yourself, it's almost like what's the point? Um, yeah, exactly. So you're better off just holding. Anyway, let's go to – this was a blockbuster. This was, an, was this today? No, uh, this was yesterday. Was this was yesterday. My internet cut out and then cut back in and I saw this went down and that was Camo. He was on a bit of a roll. He was the Camo of old is just bringing in Najee Harris and then he goes and backs it up by bringing in Jalen Hurts arguably one of the biggest valued players in Dynasty, especially in Superflex. And it saw Jim getting Jared Goff back, uh, Devin A. Chain, Noah Fant, and Manny's 2024 first. What's your, uh, what's your reaction to this? My, honestly, my initial reaction was, I actually think it's a really fair trade. Um, Hertz is a star. There's no doubt about that. Um, but Goff, Goff is a good value QB that I think they're going to stick with longer than I originally thought they would. The piece that's really interesting is valuating Devin Achan, I believe it's pronounced, Devin Achan, um, who looks uh, unbelievable. Small sample, but looks unbelievable in Miami in a high-powered offense. Um, you know, some people saying he's a top five running back dynasty asset. So if you look at it in that sense... Um, and then getting a first on top, even though that'll be a late first, you'd think, Manny's. Um, throwing Noah Fan, who's not worth a lot at the moment, but still has a bit of talent. I actually think he got a reasonable amount here for Justin Hurts. Um, I don't I don't hate it for either side. Uh, Jim needed to get a bit deeper in different spots, so I, I see that. Um, and for Camo, it's interesting sort of to track Camo's movements at QB over the offseason. I think he started with Herbert and Dak, was it? No, Tua. Herbert and Tua. Yep. Um, and then moved them for Goff and Wilson and now has Hertz and Wilson. So he sort of moved them around a bit. Um, but uh, he's done well here to get a to get a top three QB dynasty asset. And I think you went and called him um, Justin Hertz. So that's probably what Camo will call him since he oh, did I? he got rid of Justin Herbert. Maybe just he wants another just a JH at QB. Jeez. Maybe that's the next best thing for Camo. Um yeah, I just, I think Devin, 
a sh- a chain or whatever the hell a chan <laughs> a chan, um sure, like when re rewalt just went by revolt for the last four years yeah, of his right. career or whatever. He's German all of a sudden. Um, yeah, but not his cousin. Um, uh. Yeah, I just Jalen Hurts is he's bloody good and he's pretty rare and they're going to be up there with one of the best offenses for the next few years and I just I don't know, I just think that you could almost name your price and has Jim named enough of his price because I mm. reckon he could have pushed a little bit more and Camo probably would have obliged because if you do want to compete, you want you want an elite player like Hertz. Yeah, that's yeah. It's probably you probably hit the nail on the head there. And the thing I'm sort of factoring in is that Achan is going to be an elite dynasty asset. Now we don't know that yet. He needs to be for this deal to be. Yeah, palatable. exactly. Push the narrative that it's a small sample size, and you know, what if he just well, you know when when Wilson comes back, he just gets sort of can joined into the mix of that run. You know, you could you could push a narrative however you want. Obviously, um, Camo would have probably highlighted the upside of a Shane. <laughs> I can't even say it. Um, but yeah, I, when you're selling a top, top player, um, yeah, I don't know. And we, we don't know what the back and forth was. He might have squeezed as much as possible out of uh, Camo for that one. Yeah. It's just like Jackie Chan, mate. So Jackie A. Chan. Chan. We'll drop the E. Drop the E, mate. Yeah, just phonetically, it'd be better for everyone. Uh, the next one was, <laughs> oh, I mean, if that was a blockbuster, we could only argue that this next one was even bigger. That was Hod getting Kenny Gainwell and Jim getting a 24th third. Um, old Kenny G just... <clears throat> yeah, it's not a it's not a big trade, but it's one I like for Hod. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a third rounder and, you know, there's a world where, in hey. Scoot's world, that uh, if Swift... Like we already saw in week one, Kenny Gainwell was the man in Philadelphia. Um, Swift's taken over. Mm-hmm. Swift hasn't been healthy his whole career, so there's every chance that he might get dinged up every now and then. And Gainwell's the first in line in Philly. So for a third rounder, I don't mind that as a little dart throw here to stash on your bench and see what happens. Like yep. it's, It wasn't a big price to pay, so um, yeah, I don't mind that at all. And I liked the appropriate use of dinged up there when the dingers got him in. So nice, yeah, well played know. there, Camo. It's, it's <laughs> go. See, it's the attention to the detail that makes this podcast successful. Mate. <laughs> exactly, uh, it's a well-oiled machine. If you haven't picked up um, how belonging we are right now, uh, the next trade was Camo getting Zach Ertz uh, in and Jake getting Shahid and two third-round picks there. Um, which you could argue is a fair bit for an aging tight end. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, the query would be how good are any of those pieces. But, I mean, again, you know, Ertz is 31, I reckon, and classic contender for someone with a little mini reset here. So, yep, I can see the merit for both sides here. Yep. And I think it just pushes further into what Jake's doing, just building equity, younger players and draft picks and getting rid of aging players and and players that probably don't fit in his next wave of pushing for a title there. But uh, oh, oh, my Lord. We interrupt this program for an important news announcement. Oh, my Hold God. On. Is this what you're about to say? Hold on. I'm just clicking into it. We've actually, for everyone at home listening, <laughs> you've already seen this, but we've just had a trade come in as we're finishing off the trades. The league trades. That's unbelievable. So, And two people that have already featured. Oh, my God. Okay, so that I knew that bloody first wasn't going to last long. 
No. I think that's. I, I think talking to you offline, Ben, there was about five or six contenders looking for that first. Um, that 2024 first that he got for Jalen Hurts, which was tied to Manny at the end of this year. So it should be a, all things being equal, it should be a pretty late one. Um, so he's moved that and Daniel Jones, the man he spent up big after his, the draft his on. His entire 26 draft. Yep. Was it first, second, third and fourth? Maybe not fourth. Hold the fourth, they're worth yeah, it. And, um, <laughs> and so he's got in Dak Prescott here. What are What's your initial thought? Uh... I yeah, my initial thought is well played Hod. I think Dak is how old is he now? Thirty. Jones is twenty six. He's having a very poor year. But I also think Hod didn't want to uh have to stuff around with his starting lineup for QBs. I think he wants to roll out Tour and Richardson uh every single week and I think Dak was making that a bit tricky for him and now he gets a backup in case one of them isn't playing or they're on bye, which is okay. And who has upside if they do fix that O-line, but that's a big if. And he gets a first-round pick to play with, and he might flip him and all that pick and continue to try and uh, compete because clearly the Kenny Gainwell-style trade means to me that Hod wants to be in amongst it this year and next year and Mm. beyond. Um, And a move like this just gives him another fun piece to to bolster or hold and, and turn into something nice. Yeah, and he's got three firsts this year, Odd. So he's got some ammo in the bank with a nice young team. Um, we'll talk about Anthony Richardson a bit later. But um, as I said in the preseason, I like the way the Dingers are going about it. Um, I think they're going to be a force in the, in the near future, if not this year. Um, the interesting thing for me, just before we move on here, is just we look at Jim. Uh, he traded out... Jared Goff in the off season, and then just he's just traded him back in after four weeks, and he was sold the dream from the Punisher, sold the dream of a top six QB at the Giants, Daniel Jones. What well, he's top six, mate. He's top six. He's it's worth every penny. And four weeks in, the Giants haven't looked great. He's played you know, one half of football. He sold him already. This top six QB for for a first, uh, along with a first for Dak. So, um. Interesting uh, negotiation and transaction summary there from uh, the QBs at the Gym City Stallions. Yeah, and hasn't um, Dak just been passed around a bit in this league? Is he on his he fifth has. team now? Come yeah, on, I had him without Maddie, ever playing. You, Hod, now Jim. I never, I never <laughs> had a start with Dak. Um, I got him and then moved him, but I like. Yeah, I look. I like Dak. Um, in Dynasty, I think he's going to be fine. Um, they haven't started great either, Dallas, to be honest. Uh, but I think they're so committed to him that he's a really safe Dynasty asset. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had, what, 40 attempts two weeks ago, 34 last week. Look, he's always just going to... That's going to be their game script. It's through him. You could argue Daniel Jones is a safe Dynasty asset too because they're just tied to a bucket load of cash. Well, how you are. feel? How are you feeling about that as a giant supporter? Um, I, I mean, he's line shit. Yeah, well, I just don't know how they're ever going to fix that line. When you've committed that much money to him, um, you're going to have to bottom out and get draft picks, which, I don't know, we're trying. We got away with the makeshift line somewhat last year, and it's just really a couple of injuries, and it's absolutely shit the bed. So, I don't know. I think they're going to have to do something drastic 
to try and shake it up, but their biggest asset someone like Saquon, and you don't get anything for running backs at the moment. So and he's only on 10, 10 million. Yeah, like, exactly. It's not like he's on a lot. So yeah. do they have to trade a gun defensive player to shore up, you know, what does Thibodeau or whatever get traded? Yeah. Like, who mm. knows? Don't know what the fix is there, but uh, that's why see. I don't get paid the money to make those decisions. Um, injuries. Mike Evans did a hammy. Looks like he's going to miss a few weeks. He's on bye this week, so that might play into it a little bit. They might just take it easy. Um, tell you what, the Bucks are looking pretty good. Baker is is moving yeah, the ball man. all right, and he's got uh, he's got enough receivers there that he's making relevant. So they might even just take it easy with him and sit him for you know potentially a couple of weeks after the bye. He's he's got his swagger back, mate, and I might have sold low on him, um, but I reckon Baker when he's playing like that, he's good to watch. Yeah, he's uh, fun. And he is. He's in an he's in an offense where he can sort of play to his skill set a little bit, um, sling it around a bit, and uh, he's he's playing well. Credit to him. Yep. And uh, the way the oh Bucks boy. are going, they they might yeah give him a deal at the end of this year, which yep. seemed like a long shot. But the way he's traveling, and I think uh, was it Manny who bought him off you? Yep. It's a nice little buy low. Hope that he turns into something, which is what we sort of spoke about when he traded him. Uh, or traded for him. The next one, mate, this guy, he just, what's the opposite of the Midas touch with a QB from the DFF? Because Kenny Pickett uh, out with a knee injury there when we talked up the bet between him and uh, Papa last week. What's, yeah, what's your take on this? Oh, yeah, the Henschke bet. Yeah, we haven't even, I don't think we've got that on the rundown, but uh, the Henschke bet hasn't started too great for the DFF. Fields had a monster. And Pickett, uh, they're, they're saying it's a knee bruise. I'd love to throw to our resident doctor, but he's not here. Yeah. Um, there's there's differing reports here on the severity of the injury. Some are saying that it might be a two- to three-weeker. Others are saying he could play this week. So we mm. shall see how long it'll be, but... Man, oh, man, can this guy find a QB that doesn't get on the field? Um, <laughs> you know, Garoppolo got concussed last week. He was down to his soul man, Zachy Wilson, and he might have found one here, Benny. What do you reckon? Oh, God. Well, if if he plays a semi-good game or a semi-good game, then we're going to hear about <laughs> yeah. it from the DFF because it's all he's got. Uh, he actually it gets lost in the chat because a lot of shit gets passed around there, but he, he did send... A message about Kenny Pickett and then unsent it pretty quickly and then start to talk about Zach Wilson not long after that. So Amazing. Uh, yeah, he, he might have jinxed him because I think he actually, his quote was, and I happened to just be on my phone at the time, was I think my comment was that um, Derek Henry was a greater quarterback than Kenny Pickett and his comment was Kenny Pickett's a greater running back than Raheem Mostert and then he did his knee the next play. <laughs> <laughs> so he unsent it pretty quickly. Um, so maybe a bit of karma, talking about T-Swift songs there. Well, the thing I always think about with the DFF, and he's, he's great value for the league, clearly, but this is what he's like when he's the worst team over the last four years. Can you imagine when he's knocking on the door of playoffs, this team, what he's going to be like? I can't it imagine. It might be insufferable. I can't imagine because it's never going to happen. The blokes no, had four years in the league and done nothing, and he has, is it the second worst win-loss record all time? Marginally well, behind Hod. Oh, well, Hod's going to go past him. Yeah, well, he's going to pass him in some point of this season, but I just don't understand what, what he's doing, but 
you know, keep building, bro, or whatever it is that he says. Let's uh, let's not spend too long on the DFF here. The T Higgins, another one for Matt, who's just having an absolute mare of a season, which well, we'll touch on in the power rankings, I reckon. Yeah, and it's yeah, there's <clears throat> when you've got a big, as you know, Ben, with the Niners, when you've got a stack of a lot of players in the same team, it can go one of two ways. Two ways, unfortunately, for the Bengals, Joe Burrow, who's not on the injury news, looks. Not like himself. So that's affected Chase and Higgins, who got a bit banged up this week. Uh, ribs, they're saying two or three weeks, so mm. not terrible, um, but, but not yeah. great either. But it could actually, you know, it could actually help Thais. I was, t- I was texting him about it um, a couple of days ago, just around, well, they might just funnel Chase now. Like Chase just could get all the workload. Cooper Cup could come back in. Um, Deontay Johnson could come back in and you're, you're laughing. It's actually not a, the, the worst thing ever for your team. So, But never good for a, a player to uh, go out for injury. So that's T Higgins. Yep. Um, Javante Williams was the other one, Ben. Hit, little hip pointer. Um, I'm hearing two to three weeks hip yep. flexor uh, in Denver. And obviously he's coming back off a really significant knee injury last year. So I think they might just take it easy with him. Um, I think they've got to buy in week six, so I wouldn't expect him to play before that. Yeah, Samaje might uh, see a bit of an uptick in value after that one. These ones are um, just some players coming back, and this is surely getting you excited, mate. JT just finally off the pup list. It is uh, It is exciting as the JT owner, although it is nerve-wracking at the same time because I'm not convinced the relationship with uh, the team and JT is great. And he's got a 21-day window where he either gets uh, put back into the, the squad or trade him. If not, he's out for the year. Um, so it's, it can go one of the ways um, and be a, a genuine uh, Le'Veon Bell holdout or he's back with the team or he gets traded. So yep. uh, we'll see what happens. A myriad of uh, possibilities there. And then the last one's Cooper mm. Cup. Just, uh, he's been activated off that, was it, 21-day window off IR. So yeah. Um, yeah, we'll wait and see. And obviously, Thais would be hoping that things start to to improve for his acquisitions that he made. This being a big one, Absolutely. he sold one of his first for him when he got injured. Well, it is, it is, and for the Rams' offense in general, if uh, Cooper Cup can get going and and start playing, they've got with obviously uh, Puka Nakua yeah, lighting it up again. They have um, a serious offense all of a sudden. Um, I think those two can coexist in that offense. Um, Cup plays mainly out of the slot, and Puka hasn't sort of been in there that much. So I think they can both play and score really well. But, um, yeah, all good things for the the Rams' offense. Mm, absolutely. Well, we'll move on to uh, – got to quickly wrap up the news here, but we can't wrap it up unless we touch on the Eliminator pool. And guess what, mate? Mm. And not just one – Talk about five. I can't believe that. the dust. That is. I can't believe it was five. I thought it was just me and someone else who uh, who went with the prestige worldwide this week. But you're telling me there's three others that copped a zero, copped a loss. That is true. So yourself and uh, and the DFF went with prestige worldwide, who got uh, <laughs> just just done by the punishers. Uh, well, can I learn my lesson? That is. Three consecutive years where the fucking executioners have knocked me out. Oh, wait, the executioners, sorry, not the punishers. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> the executioners, gone. mate, they keep knocking me out. It's fantastic. It's such a good narrative. Even when he's shit, he's still, uh, 
he's still eliminating people. So eliminated two there. Uh, Manny, he picked the Stallion, sorry, who got knocked off by the Punishers. Um, pretty handily as well, 45 points. So not even close in the end. So Manny is out. And then... Uh, this one this one floored me. Well, sorry, this the one of them is that Matt was just a no-show. Um, so Matt forgot to put his pick in. And then there was actually every single game had had a person play in the Thursday night game. So you were waiting to see if he was going to reach out and say, I forgot, whatever. But um, no, Matt just forgot all about it. He was probably too busy celebrating his birthday, Lou's birthday, probably, you know, consoling his uh, team losing in fantasy as well. Mm. So anyway. I think Investors the- possibly Lou. <laughs> so Matt's eliminated there. And then the last one, which I find quite comical, is that Scoot got eliminated. Scoot! Ah! Scoot, no! <laughs> and that is because he picked, can you believe it? He picked the homies to win. The straight cash homies, or Team Tim 84, and they lost by 104 points <laughs> to they the were, sensible haircuts. It wasn't quite 104, but it was, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, it was 94, 80, was it? 84. 84. Yeah. Ah. It was a lot. You teach maths, don't you? Nah, not when I'm on the road. <laughs> not when I've had a few beers. <laughs> but uh, oh, I've got to ask Scoot, and Scoot will reply in the group chat. Was that a typo? That's Manny's one of the best teams in the league. What's going on there? Don't know. I, uh, yeah, I thought that was funny. And I think you and I thought that he must have fucked up when he did that. But he has picked, yeah, the top sort of teams the first few weeks and then he... Maybe tried to pick an upset? I don't really know. We, we just have to wait for this pod to drop and him to reply and let us know. But The tiny genius mind strikes again. Yes. Him and the DFF just overthinking everything. Um, let's move on to the reviews. Let's move forward amicably. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now, because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth. And since these games have been done and dusted because we didn't get to our Monday night pod like we uh, originally planned, we're going to just fly through some of these. So I'll just kick the games off. I'll give you the scores and then Kenny, give me any sort of thoughts there. And first one is the Park City Lions, 116 defeating the DFF, 102. And uh, probably my thought is this was way too close than I would have liked. Yeah, well, I'm just looking at that now. It was uh, It came down to, I can tell you, it came down to... Uh, Zach Wilson and he had one other player and uh, Brees Hall to take yep. on Kelsey and Mahomes. And I think I had a slight lead. Yeah. Uh, a slight lead there. So you would think pretty comfortable there. And to only win by 14 points kind of highlights the night that uh, Mahomes had, which was, well, was being out dueled by Zach Wilson. Yeah. And it was a weird old week for your wide receivers. We talked about Debo Samuel off air, but Debo was sort of limited all week. Uh, and I don't. I reckon they held him back a bit in this game. Only three scored, carries. Three carries for six yards. It. Didn't have a reception, didn't have a target. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reckon he was held reckon, right back. Yeah, I reckon those three carries came pretty early from memory. Yeah, yeah. So Cooper, um, one catch. Cooper, no Deshaun Watson um, and Mike Evans got injured. So... Yet to yet to get by. I'm looking at um, sort of the DFS. Looking at some positives here. Obviously, the Kenny Pickett injury wasn't great, but I think Brees Hall is the definition, the, the the motto, the slogan at the DFF is "We're building, bro." And I think Brees Hall is. 
I think it's a matter of time before he takes over big time in this Jets offense. He's still splitting a bit of time with Dalvin Cook at the moment. Um, I don't I don't think that's going to last very long. I think Brees is going to run away with this job and show why he was such a highly rated talent last year and how he started last year as well, well with the- a bang. So I think that's a real positive for the DFF going forward. Um, and the other one is clearly DeAndre Swift. Um, he's clearly taken this role um, with... Minus, uh, with Philadelphia, sorry, like 28 carries, 18, 14, uh, scoring touchdowns, um, great offense to be a part of. So he's bided his time and he's found a great great landing spot there for DeAndre Swift. Yep, certainly uh, has turned it around and we had our doubts about him and he is well and truly, uh, he's well and truly just planted his claim there. Cole Komet, the uh, baby Gronk, just had an absolute day. Seven catches, 85 yards, and two tutties to put up a 27-burger. Um, he did. And um, that and Bears think, offense finally looked like they could score. Well, they did, and I think that's going to be a common theme this year is whoever's playing Denver could put up some points. Their defense sucks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was good that Fields, and ironically Fields because of the uh, Henschke bet, but uh, Cole Komet was the main beneficiary uh, of the week. So um, a few good moments there for the DFF. Falls to one and three. My 12th, for, 12th for scoring, so he just needs to keep building. Keep building. My final thought is with Kenny Pickett going out, at least he's got depth at that QB position. Even if Garoppolo stays out another week with concussion, he can just roll Sam Darnold out, who's averaging negative 0.1 right now across four games. So isn't that a stat? I think he's had three out of his four games with negative um, points there. So he just, just gets shows sent in to uh, kneel a couple of times because they correct. dominate too easily. Uh, that's all he's good for. We'll move on to the next game, which sees yourself. Uh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No? Have we moved this? Oh, sorry. No, you're right. No, We're no, the Bayside no. Executioners. Well, let's, uh, let's go into that one. Defeating at 128, Prestige Worldwide, 122. Oh, my goodness. Who would have thought that uh, when this off-season was happening and everyone had the Prestige just as the absolute number one team there that the executioners would get their first scalp. Certainly not you, Keeney, in the Eliminator pool, that's for sure. No, that's true. But um, talk about upset. This has got to be upset of the year so far, no doubt about that. Um, it had a, a whiff about it uh, on the Friday night game when David Montgomery had 32 carries and scored three touchdowns. That'll get anyone nervous. Um, so Scooters rolled out a 33 in the... Friday night game, which wouldn't have sat too well with uh, Thais, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but look, from his point of view, Joshy Allen, after a strange week one, he's back on track, scored a 36. Yep. Real st- a real statement performance against Miami from Buffalo. Five touchdowns, four passing, one on the ground. Um, back to his best. So that's a real positive for him. Josh Jacobs looked back to his normal self as yep. well. The Joe Burrow Bengals thing is his biggest problem at the moment. Outside Huge. of that, like he's his teams, his teams not scoring touchdowns. It's going to be fine. I think we all agree on that. Um, the Burrow one is is concerning just because um, he needs the Bengals to stay competitive. Otherwise, they could shut him down. Um, I don't think they will. But he's clearly not right, and that's affecting three of his players every week. So Burrow's rookie season plays ten games, finishes as the twenty fifth QB. Then his next two years, he finishes as QB7, QB4. He's currently sitting as QB31 in four games. Um, mm. Just absolutely, clearly that calf is 
presenting some serious issues for him. And it's, uh, I mean, Chase had an okay game, but not by his standards. And then T Higgins got hurt. So having uh, three players in that offense when it's not firing is, it's not going to work. And you said that's the sort of risk reward with having multiple players in the same team there, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm very confident that his team will be fine. Um, and the Bengals will work it out and they'll be fine. Um, I think, like yeah. you said off air, that he's one in three right now. Everyone had him touted as the number one team. He's gone and got uh, Cooper Cup, who's done his hamstring, hasn't played a game. He went and got Deontay Johnson. He's been injured, hasn't played. Uh, I think he played one game, didn't he? He got injured in his second. Um, gets in Ramondre. Then they get Zeke, and he's starting to get out touched from him. Uh, and then Burrow with the calf injury, and it has the flow-on effect to the other two receivers. It's probably... A, been a perfect storm for him in terms of how shit things could go. Yeah, it's been a bit of one of those worst case scenario starts, um, and ironically, or ironically, or whatever, however you want to say it. But if the season ended now, he'd still be in the playoffs as the sixth seed, so he'll be fine. He'll be there about. Um, just on lastly, before we move on, um, I reckon worth touching on. I reckon Hal's showing a bit um, as the Washington QB um, a lot better this week than last week, but I've got grave concerns for Desmond Ritter. Yeah. He's shit. He's shit. He's really and I think, bad. And I think Scoot knows it. Um, and I don't think that's working. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw our man Heineke at some point this year. I don't know when it's going to be, but um, what what pick did he use on Ritter? The 204? That looks to me like could be a problem. Yep. Yep. And then Jameis Winston on his bench. Bench is giving um, is giving Sam Darnold a run for his money. Had just one attempt for a, an interception. So he did too. <laughs> what a what a play that was. Um, did you even see the play? Was it a yeah, trick he play? It, or? He threw it. No, he threw it deep into double coverage. Perfect. Um, classic, classic. So anyway, good for the good for the executioners to get a win on the board uh, and uh, make things a bit interesting. He needs these type of game. He needs these type of weeks, doesn't he, to put up the one thirty. Um, like, he's had a nice week from a few players. Um, so, good on him. Yep. There you go. Hey, uh, just just to let you know, we started off with um, with our song, When All Three Pod Members oh, yeah. Get a Win, which is cool, a bit of cool in the gang. And then I think Thais last week just put it out there. Well, what happens if, you know, maybe a song could could go out there if him and the DFF lose? And guess what happened straight after he put that out there? <laughs> him and the DFF lost. So... Here you are, Thais. Here's your uh, you and DFF song for when you both have a loss. Well, you need a blue sky holiday. The point is they laugh at what you say. And I don't need no care and hope. You had a bad day. You take him one down. You sing a sad song just to turn it around. Do we keep it rolling? <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Just had a bad day. Sorry, Thayer. Sorry, DFF. Um, but you no, know, plenty of carrying what's, on as well. What's one of the lyrics there? They point us at they point at us and laugh. Point and laugh that's... at what you say, which is just what mm. everyone does with the DFF. <laughs> uh, perfect. Uh, next game sees the grouse uh, just chalking up another win there against the San Diego Demons, and a bit of an underwhelming week for the Demons. Pulling out a 111 and you just continuing to roll with a 165. Um, and clearly, Camo, after that loss, just thought, 
well, my team's not good enough. I need to reassess. And he went out there and uh, got Jalen Hurts, got Najee Harris. Mm. Goff's gone. Uh, I mean, it was there's some players that severely underperformed. Um, Chris Olave, yeah, one catch for four yards. You're not going to get too many weeks like that. DJ Moore looked good. Um, Russell Wilson, he's you know starting to return to a little bit of form there, so he'd be happy with that. But um, yeah, your team just when you've got CMC, you can roll out 45. It doesn't really matter what a lot of people do. Between him and Diggs, you had what 78 points. Yeah. Yeah, that helps. Um, it's always tough to come up against that. Um, yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to lose when, when CMC rolls out of 45, and I suppose that's, that's the reason why you trade a fair bit to get those type of players. So, um, yeah, the, those two obviously had standout weeks. My running backs didn't do much at all. Um, but good to get the win over a quality team in the demons interesting when you're saying about the demons trading after this and getting hurts and Najee, hods hods doing some trading too so that division could get real spicy i think both of those two are breaking away there and thinking that divvy's up for grabs if not a wild card um, saying, so both of them are going in you're saying jim's just trying to keep up the uh reigning oh, yeah, i shouldn't i runner shouldn't up. uh well i shouldn't dismiss jim either because his sides clearly got a bit deeper found man devon a Chan so, and uh, keep rolling out 30s. We did say that Camo was the ultimate point chaser and he just left a Chan on the mm. bench. Well, is that right, though? Or did he start him? Because now nah, he, Najee Harris is sitting in his starting lineup when I look back at this. And he surely wasn't on his starting lineup last week against you. Uh, I can't well, maybe he was. I, I don't think I don't think he started a Chan. I'm pretty sure he didn't because right. I would have known about it. Yeah, well, he backed up his 40 with a 25, so it's it's a pretty nice couple of weeks from him. So let's see if uh, the Stallions can get the most out of him. Any other thoughts before we move on from your game? Nah, no real thoughts, but I'll see him in the playoffs. Very nice. Oh, Drake London. He had a, a tutty. Not many yards. Um, in London? Ah, London in London. Oh, yeah. in, playing in Andy's bedroom or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> Did oh, you, yeah. Did you it's see that? Story. The yeah, best part was seeing cool. um, Booger McFarlane, the most animated I've ever seen him. Hey. 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 Uh, next game was... Jim. What did we have? Oh, yeah. Jim City Stallions uh, taking on the Punishers, and the Punishers getting their first win, 125 to 80. Um, then Jim clearly felt the need to shake this up a little bit, took three well, blokes off his roster. He did. Another... Some would say upset, but Papa's been talking about this for, for weeks. He nearly knocked off the prestige, prestige last week. He's knocked off Jim this week. He's not doing a great job of tanking for the 101, I'll tell you that much, because he's uh, at the minute he's got too many good players that are scoring. Well, he had four on the weekend, but I'll tell you what, CJ Stroud looking mighty impressive again. Mm. Um, QB 10 on the season at the moment for the rookie is outstanding. Um the other one is Nico Collins. Yeah, who, massive. It's a nice little stack going on, the stack that we never knew we needed. Um, but that is, he is uh, breaking out in year three. 168 and, and two touchdowns, huge. And I know for a fact that Hod would be filthy about this. He's traded Calvin Ridley for Nico, and the last three weeks he's scored 24, a bit quieter in the week three, but then another 32. Yeah. Looks every bit the uh, number one receiver there in Houston. 
and a lovely dynasty asset to hold. And um, as I said, the punishers, even with some average scores from these running backs, are, are showing a bit. Jake Ferguson, another one from Dallas, who looks the clear number one tight end there in Dallas. The Fergberger. Um, the Fergberg. He is uh, seven for seven along. for seventy-seven. Ooh. He's going along nicely, and for and so so all credit to the D uh, to the punishers. He's always calling the DFF. I almost did. He's got a lot of picks in the back too. That man, I'm a bit worried about him in my divi. He does Maybe in four years. I'll be worried. And the other thing as well is that he probably would not be hating the fact that Javante got injured because it might just lower his sort of scoring potential. Mm-hmm. And he's a good player to come back. You know, he he sort of wants those players to be peaking later anyway. So. Might uh, might just be a good run for him there. And then on the other side, the Stallions, as we said, just had a bit of a down week there. Dubes scoring all right. Um, got a few players off his roster. Let's see if he can rebuild. Clearly not happy well, with Daniel Jones. Played one good half and that's been it. No, that's right. And um, Juwan Johnson scored a little doughy. Um, only had one touchdown from his skill position players. Three touchdowns for his whole 10 rostered or starting players there as well. Yeah. So one of those weeks, makes it no tricky. touchdowns, makes it really hard uh, if your team's not putting up big yards. Tank Dell for him. And so you mentioned Dubes, who looks good in Green Bay. Tank Dell's the other one in Houston, who looks good. A couple of nice weapons there for CJ Stroud. Didn't do much this week, but has looked good previously. So, And as we've touched on, he's got a bit deeper. Brought a few more pieces in. So the new look, Stallions will be on display this week. Looking to bounce back and... Uh... The next game here saw a mighty, mighty win and someone just got heavily eliminated as a result. That was the Johnny Unitas Haircuts 160 defeating Team Tim 84-76. Um, yeah, not not much to say here well, other than Matty just keeps rolling. He does, and Scoot thought that uh, Timos might win this. He didn't. Um, we talked about Romeo Dubes in the last matchup, but what about the double Dubes at running back here for Timos? He's gone Tony Jones and Ty Chandler, both putting up big doob doob. <laughs> Doughies. Absolute donuts. Absolute dodos. Um, Adrian de dodos. Um, <clears throat> so that wasn't great for him. Uh, and he's ended up with a little Ashton, that 70s show. His QBs went well, scoring, you know, 40 out of his 76. Um, the rest of his side, not so great. Kyle Pitts is a constant frustration. Um, I know Papa was joking when he said, don't mention that Jonu Smith's gone past Kyle Pitts, but he, uh, there's a little bit of truth to that as well. Yep. Just with the way they're using Pitts at the minute would be really, really frustrating for the Timos. He'll be fine in the long run, I would think. But I think Timos's trajectory has gone a different way after selling a few pieces, and, and that's uh, that's where he's going. But When you look at his starting Manny, lineup, it sure has, and he's got to be sort of in contention for that number one pick. He holds his own and he holds Jim's in the next year's draft. Yep. So in terms of the lottery, he's making a mm. good push when when uh, Papa's scoring as well as he is and when someone like CJ Stroud, you know, and Nico Collins are playing as well as they are. It makes it very hard when you compare it to just Tim's wide receivers. He's got Metcalf, he's got Pittman. Uh, but then he's also rolling out, you know, Austin and Atwell and a few other sort of absolute bottoms, bottom end uh, players and then running back, as you pointed out, the two double doughies. It's not going to serve him too well. And I think scores of 76 and 80 might be pretty commonplace from now on with his mm-hmm. roster. And and just quickly on Manny before we go, like not even a big week for 
Tyreek Hill here had an eight point seventy. Still scored one hundred and sixty. Yeah. Um, Gino only scored an eight. I um I rolled into the MCC on Grand Final day and sat down in my seat and lo and behold behind me was one Johnny Unitas haircuts. He sat directly behind me on the Grand Final in Grand Final day. He somehow finds a way to uh, sit near me, but uh, we're having good discussion. He reckons that he's no chance of winning the league, which I found very hard right. to believe when you when you look at what he's done this week with uh, Tyreek. Modest as ever, but I think this week. Whilst he didn't need him, highlights the uh, the trade for Baker. Deshaun Watson out. Baker comes in, puts up a 23, really nice. Kyron Williams puts up a 26. Mm-hmm. Two traded in players in the last couple of weeks. Um, he's deep, and he's got the ability to score big. So, Jefferson puts up a 20-plus every week. Kamara's back. He looked good. He had 14 targets. Like That's just stupid mm. for a running back to have. He's only going to potentially get better from there. Mark Andrews, he's... Hit his uh, strides again. Eight, five catches, eighty yards, two touchdowns. So there's plenty of upside. Geno Smith down. Um, that doesn't help, and it's not like he has an awful lot. But we've got to talk about it before we move on. Bailey Zappi just getting a a little look in over Mac Jones there, Keeney. Does that make you a bit nervous? No, not really. I think uh, I think Mac Snorkel will remain the starter. He wasn't good against Dallas, so I'll tell you that much. He was so not. He'd be on. He'd be on. Uh, yeah, be on thin ice. He has had a tough defense every single week, but that was to be expected. But we shall see. There's certainly no guarantees this time next year that he'll be a QB. That's for sure. I mean, this is a bloke who got cut the start of the season, signed to their practice squad, and then is now back on their active roster, and then getting put in the game over Mac. Um, so that's not not positive signs for the bloke. Sorry to bring it up, mate. No, it's a it's a it's a good point. Um, he'd want to uh, improve, that's for sure. He would. He'd want to pull his McSnorkel out sometime the soon. With, the, the thing with Jones, and I don't think we need to talk about it too often. The receivers in New England are shit. They're, they're yeah. so bad. They're always so, shit, though. I know, but like, they're really bad. They just never get open. So I don't know who's who's to blame. He he, he threw. He played terribly on the weekend, no doubt about that. But he was good week one. Yeah, um, watch this space with the the Pats. That's for sure. That's very true. And then we'll move on to our last game, which saw uh, our fellow pod mate, who's not here, the Humdingers, just notching up their second win for the year. One thirty, defeating the reigning champs, OJ's legal team, with a seventy-five. And you know, the legal team continue to sell players and get more draft picks in and young players. So I think similar to Tim's team, maybe the seventy-five might be. Uh, a bit more common to see for the legal team the way that they're maybe looking at this season. They don't own their first. Uh, he owns Camo's first round pick. So uh, I don't think it's necessarily about tanking this year. I think it's about just getting his team all sort of firing at the same time, aligning. Yeah. And uh, well, I think we've touched on Jake a bit throughout this podcast, but yeah, you're right. He's. Um, he knows what he's doing. There's no doubt about that. He'll be uh, he'll be back in the mix in no time. But you touched on the selling of Prescott because he wants to start Richo. I think this is a prime prime case here. He puts up a little thirty burger on the bench here for mm-hmm. for Hod. So you think about it. He scored one thirty, left thirty on the bench. Well, sorry, left 15, fifteen. Really, the difference between the two. Um, but. You know, Richardson has some good moments throwing the ball, but only completed eleven passes, put up thirty in fantasy. So. The ground game um, 
for these type of QBs are absolutely gold, um, as we know. And look, Scoot, Scoot's pretty humble most of the time, as we know. He's, he doesn't like to rub it in. He did, he did mention to me that he's looking forward to when the Prestige Worldwide and the DFF do merge next week uh, because he reckons they're the 12th and 11th team in the league. So I thought that was interesting. The other thing he mentioned to me, which might be a little controversial, but he asked me if we did the rookie draft again, are we sure that Bijan Robinson goes one and it's not mm. Richardson, which mm. I think is a valid question. Easy in hindsight, and at the time it was bit of a slam dunk call to just take Bijan, but I don't know if it was a slam dunk call because we did we did sort of pose that being a super flex league and Matt didn't really need a QB, but the upside for for Richardson was there, and yeah. I think we did we might have even said that if things go well for both players at the start of the year, could you see Richardson's value going beyond Bijan? Which right now I reckon it's probably safe to say you wouldn't do a straight swap of Bijan for Richardson, would you? No, I don't think so, just because of of the position. And I think, look, with, with all of this, we know how volatile and how hard it is to predict QB. So if I think if Matt knew that Richardson was going to be a stud in the NFL, someone said, hey, he's going to be a 10-year superstar at the NFL. I reckon he would have taken him number one. So that's always the risk you take. But I, I think Hod was sitting there, as you said, Ben, pretty happy that his QB fell to him. He liked him a lot, clearly. Um, and it looks like he's lucked out there a little bit. Yeah. Because this guy looks a top three, top four QB dynasty asset. I think if, yeah, he was he was happy because Thayer's had the pick and he was pretty confident it wasn't going to be Richardson he took. Um, and if Bijan fell in his lap, he would have drafted him and then tried to flip him for, you know, QB plus after that. But it's it's worked out nicely for him. And, uh, yeah, so has a bit of Puka action who just oh. pulls out another 26 so between him and AJ Brown, who had a massive game too, 175 and two tutties, Puka, 163 and one tutty, they just ripped out 60 points comfortably between the two of them. That's uh, that's a nice... We say that building your QBs and your young wide receiving core is a good way to be rebuilding in this league, and Hod's looking all right. Well, that's the story, isn't it? Um, Puka, AJ Brown, I think you touched on, um, and just his draft in general... Um, you know, Jamar Gibbs hasn't been super and clearly Monty's taking a bit of work off him. I think there's there's some upside there. I think he's drafted really well, the, uh, the Dingers. And uh, look out, ladies and gentlemen, mm. I reckon. Maybe the only thing was he should have just held on to Nico Collins. Uh, oh, yeah. Might have been his one downfall there, but I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll be pretty happy with what Ridley produces for him. Let's, uh, let's finish it up with the power rankings. That's the power of love. All right, and I'm getting the wind-up look from Amelia right now as we just touch. We're just nearing very late into the evening here, and we still have to make the bed up every night in this bloody camper van. So that's going to be a fun exercise. So let's power through here. I'll start with the bottom four, and we just see the DFF just holding his rightful spot here at pick 12. He's 1-3 and three on the year, uh, another week at the 12 spot, and I think you said he's the lowest-scoring team. Is that right? Yeah. So pretty justified there. Don't know how you got to win. The Bayside Executioners moving down a spot to number 11 this week. Also one and three. I think that's pretty safe to say. Uh, they had a they had a good week, but uh, 
those weeks, I think, are going to be sort of here and there. They're not going to be consistent. The Punishers deserve to move up a spot the way that they've sort of had the last couple of weeks. One and three also, uh, just moving up to that number 10 spot. And then the straight cash homies, just through trading out startable assets for picks. They're just moving down to two and two, and they've moved down a couple of spots to finish at number nine. Oh, when you put up a little Ashton, that's what happens. Uh, number eight in the power rankings, we have the man who is moving pieces around, the Gym City Stallions, staying at number eight. He's one and three. Cup, big couple of weeks for the Gym City Stallions going forward. Number seven, we this is probably as low as this guy's been for a little while. OJ's legal team in at number seven, dropping two in the power rankings, bit, one and three. bit by design. Well, a little bit by design, but the people have spoken and the people have worked it out. So he's number seven. Number six stays at number six, the Prestige Worldwide at a one and three record to start the year. And what a fall. What a fall, but what a rise. The dingers are rising, ladies and gents, from the number 12 <laughs> ranked team two weeks ago all the way up to number five. It was number nine last week, so rising four spots in one week. He'll be happy with this, even though he does sound a little bit like Dickie Mercer, the old dinger. But uh, he'll be pumped. <laughs> and the top four just remains the same here, and that's uh, the same four teams from last week. The Demons, 3-1 and one with their first loss. They're staying put at number four. Their haircuts are just ripping out some nice scores. They're remaining at number three. The Park City Lions at 4-0, and just dropping a spot. Bit of a disappointing week. Some left some points on the bench there, and that uh, is just because you have to be sitting there, the grouse at number one, also four and zero, and just continuing to score well. And I think your max points were over two hundred once again. So it's pretty hard to compete when you got people like CMC and a couple of others just putting out forty and thirties, and it's a yeah, handy combo to have. It is. It's uh, nice to be back at number one, Ben, from yep. last week. Yep, you got the uh, points for back in the bag, just when I pipped you. I did say it was going to happen, and I did pip you, but then you've uh, well and truly snatched it back. Well done, mate. That's uh, That concludes the first pod on the road, um, and our first female guest. <laughs> Bloody outstanding yep. she was, and well done to you. Well done to both of you for, uh, for making the effort tonight. Pod will hopefully be back. Our man, our resident doctor, our inspiration. We'll be back next Monday night. We'll uh, we'll try and stick to the regular Monday night theme slot. I know a couple of league members were pretty quick on the text asking where the pod was, so we clearly have some very interested listeners. But another good pod in the bank, and we look forward to the following week coming up. Benny Parker, close us out, mate. Uh, ben from Warnable. Cast over and out. <laughs>